Good evening. Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Into Action, step nine, and our speaker tonight is Shanna. Thank you, Shanna. Hey, everybody. I'm Shanna C. from ESC. Grateful, uh, recovery over here uh, through God's grace, uh, strong sponsorship, the 12th step of the big book. Um, man, it's absolutely unbelievable to me. I've been at it since September 29th of 2019. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And it's because of people like you showing up and being service that, uh, I had a place for me to come when I was at the end of the rope with food. Um, I had known several spiritual experiences. I had been in recovery for a long time in another fellowship. And it really suffered with compulsive eating my entire life. Um, uh, long before uh, another substance became my ultimate solution. And um, then, you know, I got, you know, uh, recovered there, but then the food just kept getting, getting to me, getting to me over, you know, over and over. I had tried so many different means of, 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 getting abstinent, you know, losing the weight, getting rid of the obsession, whatever, but it took another compulsive overeater that I could identify with not only the problem, but, uh, the solution as well, um, that I, that I became able well, um, but it took me into a state of and without going, going into a whole lot of detail, because I do want to talk about step nine, um, uh, you know, I, I have a, I have a allergy to food. I, there are certain foods that once I ingest, it's, you know, like an alcoholic cannot stop drinking. Once they start a real alcoholic can't stop. Once they start drinking, there are certain foods. Once I ingest in my body, I absolutely cannot stop no matter how great the necessity or the wish. Thought everybody ate that way. Found out in you that that is absolutely not the case. There are normal eaters out there that can not think about food and not, you know, they can eat one or two of whatever it is and, and not even think about it and not be a thing. I'm not that person, never have been. Um, and, uh, you know, and I couldn't manage the decision to not pick up those alcohol foods again. I couldn't make the decision to stop trying to control it. I couldn't make the decision, well, the, the obsession that told me that I could control it this time or after a period of time, after I've lost this much weight, then I can go back and uh, eat, eat, therefore eat normally. I, you know, I dealt with that my whole life up until two years ago, a little over two. Um, my home is actually a, um, the A Vision for You phone, phone meeting. Um, I do a sponsor who has a sponsor, and I do sponsor people. I attend in-person meetings as well and try to be of service where, you know, in whatever way that I can, whether it through outreach or sponsorship or or way the, the, the God of my understanding guides me. Um, and I want to thank Sherry for asking me to, to share 
Um, it's always an honor and a privilege to be of service in, in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, it is absolutely how um, I stay sane. Actually, is what gives me a, a greater purpose. It has helped expand, um, perfect, and enlarge my spiritual life. Uh, it, it has shown me how um, my dark past can become my greatest assets because uh, I can help avert death and misery for others. And that in and of itself is an, is an amend. The, the new way of life, this way of life is actually an amend in every area of my life. Now I have specific amends that I made um, after going through all the steps, after one admitting the helplessness over food um, and uh, willing to believe in a power greater than myself. I had experience, like I'd said before, um, and I, I had a, I had a con of, of a power greater than myself. Um, and I, and I believe that, that it was possible for me to recover in this area because another reco uh, recovered compulsive eater had recovered and I could see the evidence of it in her, in her life. And she was able to guide me through 12 steps and I came willing to go to any length. Um, and I uh, surrendered my will and life over to the care of God as I understood him. I did fourth and fifth step as outlined out of the big book with, you know, following the directions and I uh, went a little deeper. Uh, and again, uh, you know, the 12th promise that more is always going to be revealed as long as I'm alive on this earth and I will all, always be revealed. With that, um, I'm so sorry to interrupt. There's there's a bit of an issue with your audio. Um, oh. I perhaps if you turn your camera off, I don't. So, and I apologize for the uh, interruption. We just want to catch every word. Thank you. Is that better? I actually think it is. Okay. All right. Good. That I don't have to watch myself mouth. All right. So great. All right, um, so where was I? Oh yeah, uh, what in, in working this has done is created an even deeper ability um, and saw it with more revealed and more that I make and with the amends made, I understand and see more and more evidence of the reality of this God lot. Uh, God that I thought at one point didn't really care about it because, you know, it wasn't that, you know, in my mind, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, obviously there are other people dying of much greater things or in the world, whatever. We've heard all that. You know, I thought this was something that as a human being, this was something you just kind of dealt with. I thought this was my lot in life. I was just going to have to suffer with, you know, um, who knew that if, you know, if I was willing to believe that God could and would, if I saw him, her, what, um, the God of my own understanding, um, that he, that that God of my understanding would, if I saw it, if he were saw it, um, I'm having trouble getting that one out. Sorry about that. Um, but anyway, um, so with that, Humility comes at more and more evidence of uh, the activity of this God of my understanding in my life and working on my behalf, um, which it's not against me. It actually wants success in my life and wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. I never knew that. 
um, until I really started making amends. And then I saw, and I came, I saw, I felt, and I believed. Um, I understand what that means now. And I understand what it means when the big book says, we are sure that the um, consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. And sure enough, it has. And the consciousness of the presence of God in, in my life is the most important thing. And it said the big book promised that would happen as well. And um, anyway, uh, so after doing that fifth step, I saw even more defects of character that I'm powerless over, um, that I cannot change in myself. And the God of my understanding was the only one that could remove this stuff. So I became entirely willing that, that, that it, they'd be removed. I prayed my seventh step prayer and I made a list of those whom I'd harmed or thought I'd harmed. And I, I was willing to make a man all, um, continue all directions as, as outlined in the, the guidance of sponsor. And, you know, you know, it, I can't go out and fix myself on my own. Um, what it is, has been a matter of timing. It has been a matter of been a matter of my own heart change to the where um, I had a sincere desire to actually set right the wrong. Um, and so, uh, a few of them that I, that I'd like to talk about is the actual experiences of the not step I've made. Because I know for me um, that you know it talks in the big book. Uh, on page seven, second paragraph, um, it says in nine out of 10, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own faults, so a few of your melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we're doing and wish us well. Occasionally they will offer our assistance. It should not ever if, if someone throw us at us. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It is water over and it goes on to talk um uh about how on page 79 although these relations take innumerable forms there are some general principles we find guiding reminding ourselves at any length to find a spiritual experience the spiritual experience i desperately needed be separated from the obsession and compulsion to eat i needed more of that i needed more God of my understanding in my life um, and uh, in humility and making amends uh, create that humility. Um, it says in it, these uh, directions here, it says, you know, first direction is reminding our decided to go to any length to find a experience. We ask that we be given strength, direction, strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences. They lose our position or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be, must not shrink at anything. And I don't know about anybody, but I might I be completely God reliant because I don't, I can't muster that kind of strength in, within myself. And the fact that I've been able to do this shows that there is a God that's given me supernatural strength in order to face this because my ego is too powerful for me. You know, fear is too powerful for me. Um, you know, and I'll give an example of one of the amends that I made a while back. Um, long story short, I have a, my, my mother and I, first of all, were born 
30 years apart on the exact same day, January 22nd. Um, I was born actually on her birthday. And um, so she and I were kind of close. I know that as a, as a teenager growing up and, and in, in our house, it was crazy. Um, she did the best she could as someone who was uh, perhaps spiritually sick. Um, and so I had a lot, you know, you know, me being me, I had a lot of, um, a lot of hate and a lot of resentment built up toward her. You know, she was, she, if I just had a different mother, then I would be okay. turned out different and be the way that I am, you know? So I blamed her for virtually every problem in my life. Um, you know, and, uh, she, she, um, she had been married 10 times to eight different people. She made a couple, married a couple of people twice. By the time I was uh, 18, 19 years old, she, I'd had four father figures. Um, and I never knew what was going to happen within my, a lot of drama with my sister and all of this stuff. Anyway, um, I was in the depths of my own disease. And I had moved back in with her after flunking out of college as a result of my disease, um, untreated. And um, I remember one day I was leaving the house and I was late because I couldn't be on time for anything. And um, I was getting ready. She came into the bathroom where I was and she said, hey, you know, does this happen? does this outfit make me look fat? <laughs> um, and I'm like, mom, you're beautiful. You're fine. Um, leave me alone. You know, of course I'm all into me and completely self-centered and I'm rushing out the door to try to get to get to class. Cause I'd started a class at a community college, a uh, school at a community college. And anyway, as I was rushing out the door, I hear my mom yell at me, I love you. Be careful or something along those lines that moms do. And literally I felt something stop me and said, tell your mom you love her. And I paused and I was like, screw it. Whatever, I yelled back at her. Um, took off and went to, went to school and long story short, I was being picked up by the police and taken to the uh, police station about an hour later and found out that my mother had been murdered by her ex-husband. He had walked into her real estate office, shot her three times and killed her. And um, I carried with me the guilt of my last words to my own mother for you know, years. And then of course the blame, I hated him, I hated her, you know, and I used her death for years and years as a meal ticket to garner attention to, um, blame all my problems on. And, you know, it was just an easy way out. Um, I, I didn't know any, I didn't know how to do different. I didn't know how to be different. Um, and so anyway, uh, fast forward uh, to when I got into the rooms of recovery and I started working the steps and did my fourth step. Of course, the guy who killed her was on my resentment list. Of course, my mom was on my resentment list. I had, um, 
done I had done my my homework. Did you say I have five minutes left? Yes, you do. Thank you. I had done my homework and I had uh, followed these directions, you know, where it said, you know, we, uh, before taking on page 80, before taking drastic actions, might implicate other people, cure their consent, obtain the position, permission and consulted with others. We asked God to help and the, the drastic step indicated we must not shrink. Well, <clears throat> I remember laying in bed one night thinking about this guy and, you know, how full I could be. And, and anyway, the big book talks about how they like selves are sick too. You know, how many times should I have killed somebody with my erratic behavior and, and in my own disease? How many times did I put people in harm's way, you know, and resolutely looking at my own mistakes, you know, it talks about here on, uh, 77, it said, um, the question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he's done us more harm than we've done him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, he's not too keen about admitting keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with the person we dislike, we take the bit. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him with a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. Well, like I said, I'd done my homework and of course I couldn't see this man in person. Um, but in my course of my relationship with this guy, I was obviously selfish, dishonest, and frightening, confused him, you know, whatever. His fault, his faults weren't discussed, anything. And so I had to, I got the opportunity to write him an honest letter. And going through the process with my sponsor and with God, I wrote the letter and the letter just simply said, uh, Larry, I'm sorry you're in pain. His name's Larry. I'm sorry you're in pain. Um, I forgive you sincerely, Shanna. That's all it said. Because I can't imagine having to live the rest of my life knowing that I had killed someone. Um, and I couldn't imagine how he must have felt you know, this process has started changing my heart and started developing passion in my heart. That doesn't happen naturally. That is, and so I sent the letter scared to death. I get a letter back from him. And on the day he said, I have the letter right here. He took the time. Um, I would show you, but I don't have my camera on. But he took the time to write out this beautiful letter. He received the letter for me, he was um, his own devotional with the God of his own understanding. And on the same exact date, that devotional was all about forgiveness and how letting past and stuff. And he wrote me back saying, and he gave me an actual copy of the devotion that he was doing that day. He received my letter and he wrote to me, dear Shanna, I received your note a few days ago and I was really surprised to hear from you. But I was also very happy that you had written. I do know that without God in your heart, no one could have did. And I'm so thankful you forgave me. And I'm so sorry for what happened in the past. Thank you for your note and forgiveness. I hope you liked the card that was taken from the daily devotional dated the day I received your note. You know, I'm not in relationship with the guy anymore. I haven't heard from or talked to him. But what I had experienced that day was 
the God of my understanding was able to use a, a murdering criminal to show me, show me that God lived in my heart. God was doing my and that he was already forgiven before my life got there. So who am I to hold on to that resentment? From there, my life started to change and healing started to happen. I was able to look at so many other people on the list and be able, and it spurred me on to take even further action and do these because God was leading all of them. Um, I'm so grateful to be able to share that. And um, who knew that the one thing that literally destroyed what I thought, I thought literally destroyed me has become the one thing that has inspired me. Um, only God can do that. And I'm so be here. Um, being abstinent is a uh, byproduct of being able to be in active fellowship with the God of understanding. And that is Israel. And all I know is the God of my understanding loves us and OA works. And that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you so much, Shanna, for that incredibly powerful share. Uh, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is the big book step, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep this meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Uh, Sherry, go ahead. Oh, hi there. My name is Sherry M and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you so much, uh, Shauna. That was uh, that was incredible. And I have a question for you about the uh, the forgiveness for yourself regarding um, your mom. And I'm wondering if you could use the three minutes, or, or you could answer the question of how did that process look for you to find that self forgiveness, and did it happen after you forgave? Um, this man, you know, the murderer, is that when it happened or did it happen before that? And anything you can help shed a light on for me specifically, and maybe it'll be helpful to anybody else about the self-forgiveness for the harms we've done. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Um, I'm so glad you asked it because that one took a long time. Um, in fact, it's still pretty painful to think that. Uh, in a nutshell, long, long story short, I didn't have the power. And I, I'm reminded over and over by my sponsor, Shanna, you did not have, the, if you had the power to do different in that moment, would you have? Of course I would have, but I did not have power. I was living in the middle of a progressive, fatal disease that was destroying me, it was destroying my mind, it was destroying my relationships. If I could have done better, I would have, but I just didn't, you know? And I'm reminded by my sponsor that, you know, if you didn't have the power, 
beating yourself up over it, you know, is pretty senseless and really egotistical when you're actually trying to seek power by beating yourself up. So that self-seeking, so that helped. But if I may share um, the forgiveness, a lot of that came when I made the amends to my mother through an honest letter. And my amends to my mother moving forward has been to honor her every year on this day. And also um, on my recovery, my recovery date was exactly 10 day, 10 years to the date. October 13th was when she died. October 13th is my recovery date in the other fellowship. I did not plan that. So when I made amends to my mother, um, I wrote her an honest course. And then I want to say not this year, but the year last, I to visit her grave and take her her favorite candy bar. Sounds kind of silly, personal thing. And it was a God thing for me. And I stopped to get her some flowers. She liked yellow, yellow and blue flowers. And I stopped at the store to get her some flowers to put on her grave. And I didn't, I didn't really have me. I didn't have the time to think it was a big deal. Didn't want to overthink, whatever. I prayed and I said, God, you know, I, um, your will be done. I just kept reminding myself, your will be done. I make it to the grave. I spend some time with her. And I had bought some yellow flowers, but I didn't quite buy, I didn't buy the blue ones because I didn't want to spend the money. I look up and I kid you not, blue flowers had blown out of somebody else's gray thing into the middle of the road. And I didn't know where they belong. So I could put them back where they belong. And I knew that it was for me to give to her. So in me honoring her, I'm able to forgive myself. I believe God showed up that day. He shows up every day when I'm willing to make that effort and trust him. It's those things that keep me coming back. I hope that answers the question. Amy, you're next. Thank you so much, Jenny. And um, thank you also, Daisy. Thank you, Sherry M. for asking Shanna to speak. And thank you, Shanna, so much for your service tonight. I have a question that's, I guess, a follow-up to the last one in a way, which is what are the contrary actions, because this is the program of action and God is loving and our, our contrary action should be I think the book tells us in a loving direction, what are the contrary actions to those like the, the guilt or the self-shame or like, where is the, maybe it's the step six pivot. I, I, I'm just asking for your thoughts on that. And again, thank you so much for your service tonight. Absolutely. And thank you for asking. I, I, I pondered that for a long time myself like I'm supposed to do I see these things wrong with me um what do what am I supposed to do about them for me and I'm speaking with my own experience and I've asked my sponsor those very very simple like I can help the fact that 
usually whatever action I take is a self-seeking motive in it. I mean, I can come up with some level of dishonesty or some level of pride. You know, if I do, then they're going to think so well of me. If I do that, then I can have control over this or whatever. And it's happening really without my permission. And so what I have come to learn in step six and seven is those are the defects of character that I am powerless over. See, food is a symbol. My powerlessness over my food symbol of what's really going on in me that I have no power over. I'm literally, I can't help it. I can't help that I'm this defective. And then when I come to that realization, I realize that, that only, only the God of my understanding can remove those in his timing or her timing, God of my understanding's timing. <laughs> um, and it's it's the most humbling thing because I literally feel sometimes I'm blindfolded, my hands tied behind my back, but I want to be in control. I want to do something to rid myself of this defective character. And the, the big book flat out says that no human power can relieve me of this spiritual malady, this these defects. So it's ultimately reliance that I am the way that I am and God will use whatever, ever in it. And I have to let go of perfectionism, control, um, and be humble because I know that I'm not cured. Like I will never be cured. But yet at the same time, I get well. It's the miraculous, the wildest thing. Like when I'm trusting the God of my understanding with my imperfect defects, understanding I have no power over it. I'm just recognizing it in that moment when those defects start to in, when I'm getting ready to react because, because I've gotten closer to God, I've become more aware. I'm quick to see it happening before I react. I'm able to say, okay, God, I'm powerless. If, unless you help me, in this moment, I'm going to say something really ugly and I, or, oh, I don't know what I'm capable of doing. All I know is if I'm relying on, I'm going to cause some harm, regardless of my intentions. Help. Guide me, you know, whatever. What's the next right thing? So that that's, for me, the contrary action. When those things crop up, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment and fear how does that play out in my own behavior and not because I know myself better but just because I know myself doesn't mean I have the power to stop myself so reliance upon the God of my understanding that's what the whole steps are about is to access power by which we can live and it gets better thank you so much for that question and that response uh, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Elysium host, please stop the recording.